0: I want to invite you to turn in Matthew chapter 5 as we go through the teaching of Jesus this morning. In looking at that teaching, one of the things that's amazing is that Jesus literally gives us the secret to having an abundant life. And so many times we read chapter 5 and we're clueless as to what that means. And so when we talk about abundance, we're talking about a life filled with contentment and and satisfaction and meaning. I I don't know about you, but I've spent a lot of my life wondering what the meaning of all of it is. and and what value is there, and what's eternal, what really lasts. And so you might labor for, for a position and a job, and that doesn't last forever, does it? You might labor for riches and income, and it may be wonderful as far as you're able to obtain those things, but in the end, they still leave you completely dissatisfied because our hearts yearn for something greater, greater than money. In fact, The Bible teaches us that our faith in Christ is more precious than gold. I want you to think about that. The price of gold is skyrocketed. You can't even buy jewelry anymore at a reasonable price. And yet, the Bible says that your faith in Christ is more valuable than the gold that's on our markets even today. And so as we think about the keys of a happy life, Jesus gives us these And it is in the context of chapter 4 of Matthew where Jesus, after the baptizer, John, had been arrested, began to preach in the region of Galilee, north of Samaria and Judea. And the most amazing part of that is that he was preaching to a mixed group of Gentiles and Jews. And in preaching, he preached this message, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Now what was he saying? He's saying instead of hiding your sins from God... Instead of justifying what you've done in your life that you know is wrong, stop it and turn back to God. And come back to God through Him, Jesus, because through Him, God was establishing His kingdom, a kingdom that will have no end. That's an astounding claim for a man. And if Jesus was only a man, that would not be worth our time or attention. But the fact that He was God in the flesh should awaken us to the truth of what he's teaching and that is that if you really want to find an abundant life, it is by turning away from your sin and running to God through Jesus Christ. That's it. And so as you and I begin to delve into this passage, one of the things that's really quite amazing is that Jesus says that the Beatitudes, that what he teaches in what we call the Beatitudes are descriptions or commendations of what a good life really is. I remember watching the the movie Forest. No, not Forrest Gump. No, it was it was the movie that depicted depicted our taking the shores of Europe. And the most amazing thing is that Tom Hanks starred as a leader of a men who were going to find a young man because he was the only one left in the family. Do you remember the name of the movie? Yeah. In that movie, when all of the movie is over, the man who survives, look at his wife and he says, tell me I've lived a good life. Tell me I've been a good man. This morning would you stand with me as we read from Jesus' own words from recorded in Matthew, these words of the good life. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. This is the word of God. Please be seated. When you and I begin to think about mercy, it's one of those concepts that we have an inkling of, but we oftentimes confuse it with forgiveness. We think of mercy and forgiveness as twin sisters of the same mother. But when you start taking the words apart and you begin to analyze them for what their meaning really is to us, mercy is compassion for people in need. Now let me ask you, do you have compassion for people in need? You say, well, of course I do. I I get on Facebook often and many of the times I notice that people have posted Love My Dog post. This is someone who's posting it under that title, Love My Dog. And sure enough, they'll have a a picture of a dog who's abandoned or starving or needing help and and they decide they're going to help this dog by taking it in and and feeding it. And the dog is scared and snaps at everyone and barks and all this. And then they take the dog in and care for it and at the end of the flick Everything's wonderful, the dog is happy, and, and life goes on and it's abundant. Have, have you seen those? I've gotten to the place where I can't watch them anymore because they're so graphic. I, it kind of reminds me of the time that we were growing up when Lassie was on TV. Remember the st- story Lassie, remember? Uh, someone's told me that they, couldn't, they would get so upset in the middle of Lassie's program that they would cry so hard that their mother and father would turn off the TV and say, you can't watch that anymore. And yet when you and I think of compassion... It is one One thing for you and I to have compassion for a dog. But when I begin to analyze my life and say, do I have compassion for people? Not when I'm on Interstate 77. (laughs) And not when my neighbor does something I don't like. And certainly not when someone steals or violates some law. I have no compassion whatsoever. In fact, I want to say, lock them up don't you the most amazing thing about that whole concept is you and I know what compassion is but rarely rarely as human beings do we think about being compassionate to people who are doing obviously the wrong thing and so when we look at mercy and grace mercy in that Greek word Elios always deals with what we see of pain and misery and distress, these being the result of sin. And so when God has been merciful to you, He has intervened in your life where not only were you forgiven, but He was merciful for how you were dealing with some pain or misery or or distress because of your sins that God in his great mercy did something in your heart that brought you comfort instead of condemnation, that was compassionate instead of accusatory. And so when we think of mercy and we compare it to grace, well, grace is that, that, that part, part of God's mercy, or I should say part of God's work in our life where he is always deals with the sin and the guilt itself. And it is in the cross that God's grace was revealed in that he nailed the punishment that you and I so richly deserved into the cross through those nails that pierced his hands and his feet. He bore our sins and our shame, the Bible says. That was grace. Mercy is the compassion that God exhibits toward those who don't recognize know or seek after God and through that act of grace the cross draws them to himself so when you think of mercy and you think of the way that Jesus is using it this morning it is a generous attitude where where someone is willing to see things from the other point of view (laughs) that never happens does it uh, just ask your spouse, do, you, do I always see things from your point of view? Go ahead, ask them. They won't tell you the truth. No. Why? Because your point of view is always right. So we have no compassion for people who have differing views from us. And yet, this act of mercy is that moment where we have that generous attitude where we actually do want to understand the other person's point of view. Even more so, it is not quick to take offense or to give or to gloat over others' shortcomings. And there's the rub for you and me. Because we can see people's shortcomings so easily, can't we? Maybe that's why Jesus told of the teaching in Matthew where he says you see the splinter in your brother's eye, you first remove the log that is in your own. Why? Because that's not mercy. I talked with someone once time who told me they said, I've been thinking about this business you've been mentioning about spiritual gifts in the church. And I said, yeah, what do you think about that? She said, well, I think I've figured out what my gift is. And I said, what do you think it is? And she said, I think I have the gift of criticism. And I just thought, no mercy there, is there? No, no mercy whatsoever. And so as you and I began to think about this term of Jesus giving us eternal life and life being abundant and the Beatitudes that describe it, this mercy is powerful because God requires it of us. Why would God require those who fear him to be merciful? Why in God's name would he even bother to try to teach us the importance of mercy? Well, he goes and you look through the entire gospel of Matthew and you will find the merciful is used in two of, two, one of two different ways. The first way is where sinners come to Jesus and they know they're sinners. And they know they're separated from God and they have no hope of ever satisfying god's law and they come to him and cry out oh lord have mercy on me it's pretty powerful isn't it and of all the times that you look in matthew and see that not one time did jesus say forget it not once The other times it's used, and these three times that are above my my head on the screen, is that it's a powerful understanding of what God's expectation is for those who have received his mercy. Well, What do I mean by that? Well, if you go to Matthew chapter 9 verse 13, Jesus says, But go and learn what this means. I desire not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous but sinners. Now, do you hear that? Apparently, the Pharisees didn't. When you go to Matthew 12 and verse 7, you hear Jesus say, If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would have not have condemned the innocent. Innocent? How are they innocent? Innocent? Yet they're condemned. And in Matthew 23, 23, Jesus says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices. Your spices, mint, dill, cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, like justice and mercy and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You should have practiced justice, mercy, faithfulness, while you were also tithing. Isn't that interesting? Well, why is that so important? Well, Jesus said that the abundant life is made up of those who extend mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Okay, all right, wait a minute now. That that tells me something immediately. What do you mean they'll be shown mercy? Does that mean that we have to earn our mercy from God by being merciful to others? Are we to be merciful to gain the mercy from God? Is that what Jesus is teaching? Well, not at all. Remember the Lord's Prayer? Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of our debts as we already forgive our debtors. Why why did he teach it that way? It's the understanding that we forgive because we have been forgiven and we are quick to do it. Just as God is quick to forgive our sins as we turn away from it. In the same way, Jesus is teaching that those who are merciful not obtain or earn or have the right to mercy, but by the fact they choose to be merciful, they imitate God, and in so doing, they please the Father. And so that leads to the question then why should I be merciful to anybody? I've got a neighbor that I just really have a short fuse with. Why should I be merciful to him? He's wrong. He's an idiot. He's a stupid idiot, right? Not according to what Jesus says life is about. He's a person created in the image of God. And he is just as prone to sin as you are. So then why should I be merciful? Well, there are four reasons that you, give, that you find when you read the scriptures. First is God has been merciful to you. I challenge you. You go back and you write on a sheet of paper. You better use a tablet with a lot of paper, paper in it. You, you better get one of those thick spiral ones that have maybe 100, 200 sheets in it. Go back and write down every sin that God brings to your mind. And then think about how he has mercifully forgiven you when you accepted Christ and turned from your sins. You know, there are occasions at night when I lay in bed, I can't sleep, and I just am disturbed in my spirit. And I'll just begin confessing. One night, I I dare hate to say this, I know that you're going to think bad of me, but I started at three o'clock and I didn't finish till six and I wasn't done with the list. And as I thought about God's mercy toward me, I, I began to really see how unimportant I really am in the scheme of God's power and grace. He was merciful to me before I ever loved him or sought him mercy. He did not give me what I deserved. God has been merciful to you. And when you remember that as you deal with other people, it changes your whole perspective of how to treat them. I dare say this morning, as I talked about this illustration, I was worried because there were some people there that could have had tattoos. I don't know if you have a tattoo. Please don't take this personally. But as I was at a Presbytery meeting, we had gathered as a group to go out for lunch after the meeting, and it was a Saturday, and we were in the downtown area of a beautiful town in in the mountains of North Carolina and as we were going into this restaurant I saw two attractive young girls they must have been about 24 25 years old sitting on the table outside but they were covered with tattoos and I just went how could anybody ruin their life like that and as we got into the restaurant and we sat down they sat us in the window right on the other side where the women outside were sitting And the women's back was, one of the women's, well, both of their their backs were to us, so I, I didn't have to look at them in the face, and I was like, grateful for that. But as I sat there and we were talking, I looked out the window and noticed that on the back of one of the young ladies' shoulders was written a paragraph of a tattoo. And I just couldn't stop reading it. I I was so curious, and so I began reading it. And as I read it, I began to hear her life story written in tattoo. It was she had reached such desperate desperation in her life in the conflicts that she had faced. And it didn't say what they were. that she had contemplated suicide many times. And she ended it by saying, but I chose not to listen to the demons who would woo me in that direction. And my heart was filled with compassion because all I wanted to do was say, don't you know who Jesus is and what he has done for you? What happened? She went from being an object of ridicule and contempt to being someone I still think of and pray for. The only reason I didn't approach her was I didn't want her to think I was some dirty old man trying to pick her up on the sidewalk. (laughs) But I worry. Am I compassionate enough for people like that? Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. The second reason that we're to be merciful is that God commands you to. Why? Why would God command me to? Because I represent him. Do you know that you may be the only the only representation of Christ in someone's life this week? You may be it. And how you treat them, how you judge them, is a representation of how they view God judging them as well. Mercy. Mercy. Thirdly, you're going to need mercy in your own life tomorrow and today. It's one thing to say, God, have mercy on me, but Shoot the sinner, right? In fact, we we kind of deal with that duplicity in our heart because we say, well, we're going to love the sinner, but we're going to hate the sin. (laughs) But we're not sure exactly how to do that, do we? Well, That's why Jesus wants you and I to begin to adopt that seeking of mercy and being merciful. Because it is only through him that we are able to be merciful. We cannot forgive any more than we've been forgiven. Did you know that? You cannot love any deeper than the depth of the love that you have experienced in your life. And if you have not known the love and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, that love and forgiveness is superficial in comparison to that which you have received in Jesus He loved you so much, he died on the cross. Knowing you by name. Entering you into the book of life. It's pretty powerful, isn't it? The last reason that God wants you to be merciful is that it causes you happiness when you are. It causes you happiness when you are merciful. Instead of being prideful and rude and selfish in your perceptions of yourself, you actually elevate another person to a position of compassion and caring. And by showing that mercy, it actually frees you, frees you from our sins. And the most exciting part about it all is that is exactly what the world needs. Mercy. <laughs> did, you, did you see the prayer breakfast on TV this past week? After our president and, the, and, the, and the, uh, Nancy Pelosi were at the same, same function. And everyone there wanted to know, what is he going to say? What is she going to say? What's going to happen? What a difference it would have been if both of them, claiming Christ, had got up from their seats, walked to each other, and extended mercy. You say, well, they don't. She didn't deserve it. She didn't deserve mercy. Well, he certainly doesn't deserve mercy. Right? That's the point. We don't deserve it at all. Are you a merciful person? No. But you can be through Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, if you'll trust him, if you'll repent and follow him, You will be blessed. Would you pray with me? Father, as I have preached to myself this morning, I'm sorry if anyone else got in the way. Because I have been so convicted in my own life of my own sins, of my own poverty of spirit, of how I grieve my own actions of how I recognize I have no power over sin except that Christ be within me and that honestly, Lord, without you, without hungering and thirsting for you daily in my life, I will never see the victory over sin. And yet, by your great mercy, I have entered into this tremendous relationship with the God of all creation who holds me faultless and blameless before him because of what Jesus did in clothing me with his righteousness. And so I pray for us as Christians in this world. Help me, God, to be as merciful. Not a doormat, but to be as merciful as you are that others might know Jesus Christ and the power of his resurrection. We humbly pray and ask in Jesus' name. And the people of God said together, amen. I want to say a quick thanks to Jim Tool and our brass ensemble for blessing us so much this morning with their talents and gifts, and I know that, that God has ministered to you through see the the power of Christ heal your marriage restore your relationships free you to love the unloving may you lean into the pain of our sins and extend mercy undeserved mercy to all those you meet this week may you be merciful merciful so that you may obtain mercy in the name of god the father the son and the holy spirit amen